Cedric here. My intent is that this is really interactive, and my goal is to have you leave this session with ideas. And I'm happy to workshop any of the ideas that you have about starting a one book, one school, or one book, one community, or whatever. Um, lots of things. So my hope is that throughout this, if you have an uh, individual question or clarification you want, that's my goal, is that we help you, get you some really specific ideas and strategies uh, as you go forward from here. My name is Deb Van Dyen. I am a professor at Hope College. And Michaela, you guys, uh, was one of my students at Hope College. And she is now in her sixth year of teaching. And it's making me feel really, really old. Uh, my daughter uh, just toured Calvin today. I went to Calvin. She toured Hope yesterday. So we are just in this whole quagmire right now as a family. My daughter is touring Hope today and Calvin tomorrow. Oh, see you tomorrow. <laughs> so it feels great to be back in, I feel like I'm in the city because living in Holland, Michigan, I sometimes feel, I forget what it's like to live in a city. And uh, anyway, so it feels great to be back. It feels great, you guys, to be back around my people, which are Christian school um, educators. And my heart, uh, some of you are my former colleagues who are here, and some of you are parents of, or uh, teachers of my own kids. And I'm just so glad you're here. Uh, so anyway, we get to talk today, starting a one book, one community, or school program, what, why, how. Um, I love books. I'm guessing from your reactions to getting a free copy of a book that you love books as well. So we are, we are kindred spirits, my friend. So let's just get this party started. Uh, here we go. Um, welcome. This is a, a slide from our community-wide reading program two years ago in Holland, Michigan. Students uh, in the area, we had a thousand students participate and they helped create this. It's just magical. It was in response to Julia Alvarez's book in The Time of the Butterflies. Um, okay, I'm going to start with introductions, talk a little bit about myself. Uh, I want to talk about the why of this. Why do I care so much about this? I never studied this topic, ex expected to get in this topic in graduate school. It wasn't until I was at Hope College and I decided to apply for an NEA Big Read grant. All of a sudden, eight years later, I am doing lots of community-wide reading programs. And I love it, but I never would have predicted it. Uh, I also never would have predicted I would become an American or marry an American or be a Christian school teacher or any of that stuff. But you know what? God has a sense of humor, and um, I love it. And, it's never a dull moment. I want to talk just a little bit about the program that I run. Uh, not to like make you fans of the program or anything like that, but to give you ideas. So we'll spend a little bit of time, and I'm happy to delve deeper if you have specific questions about the program. But the latter part of the slides are where I want to focus. Um, what are other models that you can consider? Um, how might you go about doing this? What are some things over the eight years? You guys, I have made so many mistakes. And I have cried, and I have uh, laughed, and nearly everything has, that could go wrong has gone wrong in the programs that I run. The author didn't show up one time. Uh, the books are on back order. I have a 1,000 copies of books that were supposed to be here in August that still are not here. And our program starts on Monday. So it just to me, I've just learned over the years, you just got to have a sense of humor. And that's what teachers have, right? You just know things are not going to always turn up. So I have some hilarious and funny and sad and tragic stories to share with you along the way. Uh, I have some suggestions for you, uh, words from the wise, as I have lived through many mistakes, and I want to share with you, and then we can have Q&A, where you share with me some of your ideas of what you're thinking about with your own school. My area is English education. I'm associate professor at Hope. I work with predominantly secondary pre-service teachers, uh, sixth grade and up. And as part of my responsibilities at Hope, I'm the director of what we call the NEA Big Read Lakeshore and the Little Read Lakeshore program. Um, I focus my research on young adult literature uh, and community literacy. As I said, that's sort of a new development for me. 
and my claim to fame in these circles, my friends, are that I used to be a, a, a high school English teacher and Bible teacher at Hong Christian. And here are some of my people! It's so exciting! Uh, so anyway, yes, I also, on the side, I do a book club for boys. I have three sons. And my dissertation work was looking at teenage boys and the literacy practices they participate in. We might think that they don't, but they actually do a lot. A lot of it, though, is not sanctioned in schools. It's out-of-school stuff, right? Uh, So I I love to study that, but I did did a book club for my boys, and then I also am still doing a book club for my daughter, -daughter mother-daughter book club. So if any of you want ideas or book lists from those things, I'd be happy to share those with you as well. Okay, so here's the why. And Mark, I am going to um, give you the credit, actually. For years, Mark at Holland Christian, I don't know if you're still doing it right now, but has done a a faculty-student book club. Not anymore, but you did it. The students would meet with you and other teachers in your attic when I was a teacher there. And Mark, I loved how that seed sort of got planted. And it's this idea that we're all coming together as readers, not as teacher-student, not as we're reading it for a class assignment. It really was the delight of reading. And I love that cross-generational thing. And I think that is what always attracts me to this kind of program. Not all one, one book, one school, communities, our programs um, are intergenerational, but particularly those that are, I just love it. Um, I love hearing um, in my big read program, I get to hear from 80-year-olds who have all the time in the world and sometimes will attend 30 of my events because they love it, right? Um, and they'll tell me how much they love sitting beside a teenager because when else does that happen? Um, so I love the sharing a common experience um, across demographic divides. And I don't know, <laughs> I'm sure this has been talked a lot about in this conference already, but we live in such a time where everything is dividing us. And um, I love that through a book, we can come together. We don't have to agree with the topics and the issues of the book, but to have this common experience where we get to delve into them. And we might discuss them and not necessarily agree, but that we come together over a book um, can be a gift. uh, Because so many times we isolate ourselves based on political, religious, whatever divides. And I love how sort of something as... I'm going to say benign as a book, but I'm sure all of you know that not all books are benign. <laughs> books can be very controversial. But this idea that we're coming together around a story. Um, and I love that it can bring us together in ways that other things can't. As I mentioned before, coming together as readers first. So we're putting away our hats as teachers and just delighting in a story with students. And there's something so powerful about that. And Mark, as I remember, and I tended a few as a young teacher some of the book clubs, but just connecting with students on like an equal level. Like we've all read this book for the first time. Let's all talk about how we responded to it. I love uh, that I get to use literature in these programs to explore what it means to be agents of change in the world. I have to code switch a lot. The program that I run is not faith-based. I get sponsors and I get businesses who are not Christian, but I'm a Christian and that doesn't change what I do and why I do it. And so I love that in my subversive way, I'm choosing really intentionally books that I think shed light on what it means to live as Christ followers in this world. It's not the language I use with the public schools that I'm working with, but for sure it is what drives what I do. And um, talking to Melanie as well about an idea she has, which we'll hear about later, um, thinking about how we could use books, right, to help us bring shalom um, to the chaos around us and help us to make better sense to empathize better, right, to better understand others. And so I, I love that. I mean, you guys, come on. We, uh, well, I'll get to hear from all of you in a little bit, but we have the best job in the world that we get to introduce children to stories and stories that change us and that change them. 
um, in ways that allow them to connect to their own experience, books as uh, windows and books as mirrors, but then also shed light into experiences we never would have had otherwise. And we never know the seeds that get planted right, um, with that. So uh, there's a big why. I love what I do. I get to do with that. Some others that have come along the way that I've learned to define as I've gone through the eight years of doing this, there's something powerful about students seeing people reading outside of the classroom. Uh, or people, even like parents and students, joining together in reading a book. Um, and I know just from some of the high school teachers I work with to have a student say, man, they're here because they want to be here at this event or this author event, not because of a class assignment. And there's something really powerful, I think, for our students to see that other people just do this because this is who they are. Um, I hope college makes use the language of being liberal arts. And truly, I think those of you who've gone to a liberal arts college, like this is, you just learn to be liberal arts in this world. And you go to a symphony or you go to a lecture because that's who you are and that's how you want to live and be curious and learn in this world. Uh, so I love that students who participate in community-wide or outside even just their classroom get to see other people engaged. Like I said, some models don't quite sort of fit into that, but um, I do love taking it outside the classroom. Studies have shown there is increased engagement and motivation when there's authentic audiences involved, when there's community involvement, when it goes beyond the walls of your particular classroom. There's increased engagement and motivation. Um, sometimes it ups the ante a little bit, knowing that another class or another school that you're going to talk to is reading the same book. Um, it, can, it can just increase students' desire or um, uh, level of engagement or whatever. I'm in the, I'm in the um, midst of collecting data on this, so I can't cite my own research yet, but hopefully someday, you guys. Um, the ability to connect reading in class to something larger, I've sort of already talked a little bit about that, but I love this notion of authentic audience. I love um, coming together around these larger questions, and what I will often say is community-wide reading programs, it's often less about the book and more about what you do with the book. Which is almost opposite, right? You think that we're all coming together around this one book and it's really important. Sometimes, though, I think it's the book sort of becomes secondary and it's all the conversations around the book and all the ways that we can cut in. And I'll show you some examples from my program that might illustrate that a little bit more. Here's a teacher in West Ottawa, a school, a public school in Holland. Um, he said, I just love that the Big Read provides new opportunities to connect with a wider reading community. Um, it allows students to apply literature to their world in a novel way. Pun intended, right? Um, so this is um, my, this is the NEA Big Read Lakeshore, it's the website that we've created. Um, this is Julia Alvarez, those of you who picked up in the time of the butterfly, she was our keynote speaker a couple years ago. Author engagement, you guys, is always a big one. Um, and it's beautiful now. For those of you who don't have $15,000 to hire and pay Julia Alvarez to come to campus, uh, there's so many free things online. I think even YouTube videos, or you can do Zoom calls, and I'm happy to brainstorm with any of you. If you're like, I'd love to get in touch with this author. Sometimes it's like, who you know, who you know, who you know, and then you can connect it and um, put things together. Heather from Chicago, who's sitting right here, she and I were involved in a virtual book club during COVID, and we just were really gutsy, and we emailed, out of the blue, 12 authors and asked if they would, for free, zoom in with this national book club that we helped create, and they all said yes. Zero charge. So it's just out there. Like, sometimes you just gotta do it. Like, just email and ask, and um, Heather, you can talk about that a little bit later if you want to. Uh, the books that 
were on the table, most of them, these are the, I, I look at this as almost like a family photo album, you guys. Uh, these are the, eight, the past eight years of my life. I get so invested in each one of the books and the authors and their topics. Um, started with To Kill a Mockingbird and then um, sort of moved on to there. And this year, we start on Monday in American Sunrise by Joy Harjo. Um, uh, she's the current U.S. Poet Laureate, and it's a collection of poems. Brand new territory. I don't know how it's going to go, guys. It could be a colossal mess. But Lisa's going to do it, uh, a book club with some of her eighth graders um, uh, with an American Center. So I'm dying to know, Lisa, how it goes. Uh, 16, 16 signed up voluntarily. That says a lot about Lisa, doesn't it? Yes. It's huge. I think it was the free book. <laughs> you know what? That's, that's my first thing, you guys. It is all about the free book. Uh, and so that is number one thing. When you're going to plan anything like this, how do you get books into the hands of your readers or your families or your teachers? Uh, so um, for those of you who are elementary, um, after my first year, I got a lot of comments from parents and librarians who said, hey, our younger kids want to get involved in this. And so ever since the second year, I've always picked a companion picture book. And so these are the ones. So this went with the things they carried, Brother, I'm Dying, When the Emperor Was Divine. Uh, the Rooster Would Not Be Quiet. That was um, in, the time, uh, in the Time of the Butterflies. Fry Bread goes with uh, Joy Harjo's book. Goblin Ghost Girl, In the Heart of the Sea, nonfiction. And then Blackout went with Station Eleven, dystopian book. Um, and Melanie was involved with many of these, so Melanie, feel free to jump in. But um, I guess I'm secondary. Whenever I think about community reading programs, I generally think about longer pieces. But I have to tell you, there's been so much fun energy around picture books. And you can do so much with them, you guys. And they're actually easier to incorporate because they're shorter. And you can spin off on them. And we have some great examples of project-based learning that is coming out of some of our literary titles that we've been doing in the last number of years. So that's an area we want to spend more time brainstorming about. I'd love to do that. Um, in our big read, uh, these are I just want to cast a vision of things that can happen. I said it's not always the book. It's what you do with the book. So some of you might be sitting there thinking, OK, what can I do with the book, whatever book I choose? Uh, and so we have an author event, but we also have book discussions and coffee shops. Um, we have music often at times. We have. Um, Art, we have, you know, I, my vision is to get at many of the topics and themes through a variety of multimodal events. So you're hearing the book, or you're tasting the book, or books themed, right? So it's this, it's not just listening to a lecture, or but we have this whole variety of ways of getting into the book. And I'll tell you, teenagers love movies, so sometimes the movies uh, connected to a theme in the book are the biggest thing with some of our teenagers in, our, in my community who are involved with figuring. Um, the big read, just to um, clarify, it's a, what I run is an annual month-long community-wide reading program it's every November. Hope College program, I have about 50 community partners, uh, and I get partial funding. I get $20,000 every year from the NEA big read. This is a grant you all could apply for. Uh, what would you do with $20,000? Doesn't that sound awesome? Uh, so anyway, so NEA big read. Um, and then typically that month, I have about 50 planned events, and we had 12,000 readers in 2020. Uh, but it's something that catches, right? It's not about me. It's about people saying, this is a cool thing that I want to be part of. And whole schools saying, hey, we want to come together around this. And so particularly um, when you get elementary schools involved, that's when your numbers go really high. Because there's just lots of little ones who can all read the same book. Uh, as I said before, we've had music, Caribbean music, and food, and um, gallery talk. I was trying to incorporate art, uh, visual arts. 
and we had a fun uh, food event. Food is usually a, always a big thing, guys. If you can do something with food, and I know during COVID it's really tough, but that is an easy, low-hanging fruit sell in any sort of program you're doing around books. Free books and then food. Okay, if you walk away with anything today, free books and food. Okay. Uh, what we do that's a little bit unique, but it goes along this theme that I want some of you to just be um, brainstorming about. How do you create an authentic audience for your students? So they're reading the book, connected with someone else. I'm sorry, I'm way. Um, we have a student exhibition of learning, and it's about a thousand of our area middle, high school, elementary students who create art in response to the book. And I love that part of it. As I think about community-wide reading programs, we consume books, right? That's part of the fun. We collaborate with intergenerational or other classes or schools or whatever, and then the other C word that we create. And to me, it's our way of saying, hey, you've read this book. We've explored the topics and themes. What are you going to do about it? Like, what is your reaction? Or how would you like to see the world different because of reading this book? And it is amazing what students come up with. And so we try to display this. Um, Melanie, you, you've done some blackout. I just always associate your artwork with blackout. Melanie partnered with an art teacher and created a whole city of cardboard. Uh, in response to the book Blackout. And your students were so proud of it, and we got to show it to the author, and it was, it was really delightful. So this, 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 uh, this component of creating, you've read a book, you've consumed it, you've collaborated, but what, how might we be different? How might we live in the world differently because of reading, and engage, reading this book and engaging in its topics and themes? So here's the, here's the fun part where I want to, you guys to start brainstorming. So there's lots of models. So mine's a community-wide model, geographical community. Here are some others, okay? So one book, one school, okay? So you could do it across grades. So every grade in your school is reading the same book. Um, you could do parents, grandparents, and students. I think grandparents sometimes are an untapped uh, resource. I mean, they have time on their hands sometimes. They have resources sometimes, right? Uh, so sometimes I think we gotta, how do we be smarter about tapping into grandparents? Because they love grandparent day, if your schools have that. So how do, we, how do we build on that even more? And this maybe could be even be incorporated into a grandparent day. Another untapped resource, retirement homes. Uh, senior citizens who would love to connect with young kids, teenagers, whatever. Um, you drop off sets of books to the retirement home, have your students read the books, you know, you could do sort of a collaborative exchange in that way. Um, I mentioned Mark's book club before, teachers and students, I love that aspect. And then also alumni of your school. That's something I was also thinking, that Christian schools in particular um, could draw on as resources. Who are your alumni and how might they want to be involved? So you could focus your one book thing in, in one school. Um, another one is across schools. And I think it'd be really cool if Christian schools in different states or different parts of the state could collaborate together. That could be another really cool model. Uh, particularly for those of you who've been to college together or meet each other at CEA, this could be a place to um, sort of spark a conversation. Um, and you could do same grade, so both fifth grade classes in two different schools read the same book. It could be English classes at a high school level. You could do the whole school. And then I wanted to mention um, in Michigan, I don't know about other states as much, but in Michigan they also have a community-wide reading program for the whole state. And that's for a whole year. And that's the book, some of you picked up, uh, Copper, Women of Copper Country. That's their chosen book for this year. And um, they're always looking to give away free books. Like, this is the thing, you guys. You just got to start finding out all the places that give away free books and then just get on their mailing list. Because uh, I just got 50 copies of the book. 
Um, and so, um, yeah, they, they want to give, and they have the funds to give school. So any of you who are middle and high school, if the book resonates with your curriculum and with what you want to do with your students, I would highly recommend, in Michigan, those of you in Michigan, to connect with that. And I will share this PowerPoint. I have all the links into it. So no handout, but the links are all embedded in the PowerPoint. So we're thinking models, school, cross-school, communities, states, whatever. Um, here are some other things to consider. It could be month-long. I love that mine is only a month. I would die, you guys, if it was longer than a month, because I'm exhausted at the end of this month. Uh, some do year-long. I feel like you kind of lose sort of that excitement, that embedded, tight focus. Um, the Great Michigan Read is that some, some schools will do a theme for the year, so then that book could be incorporated throughout the whole year. I think that's a fun idea. Um, some schools do a week long. I think that's a little bit tight. I do love sort of the expansive of a month. And um, my suggestion for some of you would be, um, Melanie just uh, said that she's thinking about doing something in February for Black History Month, reading a book uh, focused on either an African-American character or author. Another thing, March is reading month. So there's already a heightened awareness on social media uh, to do that. I think it would be easier to ask for funds or to plug in. So March might be a great time for you if you're thinking about doing a month-long thing. Um, it doesn't work for us at Hope because it's spring break. So that would be right in the middle. So that's why I'm relegated to November um, to do that. Collaborations. I This is where my brainstorming started. I'm English, uh, so I obviously start with English, but it's been really fun to pair with history, social studies, uh, art. I think so many great things can happen through that. And then also I was thinking uh, through faith formation in your school. I know that Hong Christian has a, what's the title, of Bryant, uh, faith formation director, something cool like that. Anyway, I could see him coming up with, hey, let's all read this book together as a staff even, or as parents and staff, or as you know, seniors or whatever. Uh, so there's um, lots of fun collaboration. Depending on the book, you could tie in science, you could, you know, just about any discipline. But I love, for me, it's always energizing to do those cross um, collaborations that I love. Some other factors to consider, uh, thinking about reading level. Uh, so th th these are the three that I've sort of landed on, but I would love if you have other ideas about this. Um, preschool to fifth grade, typically that's what I call my little read program, and that's often a picture book. And you can find picture books at different levels. I mean, some of them are so basic, right? Um, others of them have really uh, serious content that would not be appropriate for a kindergartner. So just because you're choosing a picture book doesn't necessarily mean it's applicable for all those grade levels. Sometimes I choose a middle grade book. Uh, for five to eight, uh, and then my, my big read book is always for high school and college. Uh, sometimes middle school can read the high school book, sometimes I feel like it's not appropriate for that, so it's sometimes helpful to think in those sort of three categories. And then as I said before, sometimes it's less about the book and more about the book, what you can do with the book. So some of the books that I've chosen uh, over the years for big read have not been my favorite books, but it's been super fun to come up with and brainstorm all these really cool events that we could do around it. Uh, I always like to say it's like I'm lesson planning for the entire community. Uh, and it's not just me, it's my whole team, but I mean, think about it, right? It's like, what, what kind of experiences do I want people to have around this book? How am I gonna catch them uh, with this? We did dystopian fiction several years ago, and Mark was one of our kickoff speakers, uh, because I think some people just don't even understand dystopian fiction in general. Right? So how do we teach them? How do we use this as a learning opportunity to understand new genres? Um, topic issue of the book needs to be a good fit for your context. 
this is where not all books are benign, my friends, as some of you are living full well. Uh, and so, you know, I think you need to know your community and you need to know uh, what, what is possible and what, what, what you're supported in doing. Uh, so I think that um, it's sometimes when you look at, the NEA gives me a book list and they say, you have to pick up one of these books if you want our $20,000. So I'm like so limited, you guys. I have like 50 million other books I want to focus on. But uh, some, of, some of them I look at it, I'm like, this would never pass in my community. Like it's, um, if I want high schoolers involved, this is not appropriate for high school level. It's better for college. You know, so there's, I think you have to be thoughtful about the kind of book you choose. And then, just a reality, what is the cost of the book? Uh, is the book accessible? Can you get copies? Something that we've been trying to do in Holland is can we get it in Spanish? Significant parts of our community, members of our community speak Spanish in their homes. And if I'm serious about inviting everyone in our community, I gotta make sure I can pick a book that has been translated. Uh, so sometimes that limits me then in what book I'm, I'm able to choose. And then for me, I'm always looking at is the author alive? Because I like to have the author come. Uh, but like I said, there's lots of things online, videos and, and things like that that you could choose to, if you don't have an author visit or things like that. Okay, are you still with me? This is like, I feel like I'm throwing all, all this out. I just want to lay the groundwork and then we're going to go around and just, uh, I'm going to share some of your ideas and let's workshop together. Uh, so some program considerations. Uh, events. I think you get the book, got to have a free book. We've already talked about have food. Somehow, have food if it's like candy giveaway. I don't know what it is, but have food. Uh, and then I've had lots of success and fun pairing it with a film. Uh, I said the food already. Music. So is there a way to you know connect with your choir or band or orchestra? And the, here's the thing, you guys. I, this is what my opinion in the community. Everybody is looking for collaborators. All of our public libraries they have an outward, way more than they had. Even 10 years ago, I would say, they want to collaborate with schools. So we're in this awesome time where people are looking for connections and partnerships. Uh, so what could the library do? Or what resources that? And another one that I never thought of as a classroom teacher, tap into any college or university close by. It's part of my job. I get to get promoted and to get tenure at Hope and at Calvin, I have to show that I've been involved in the community. That means if I'm not talking with area teachers, I'm actually not doing my job. And so there are English professors or history professors or psychology, wherever you wanna go with it, who will say yes out of the goodness of their heart. But also they're probably like, oh, this will look good on my resume when I try to go up for promotion. I just wanna teach you guys the, the, the way it works. And professors are supposed to be involved in the community. So it is not a bad ask. You know, I think I was always apologetic, like, I don't want to take up your time. It's part of their job. And they generally love to do it. Sometimes it works a little bit easier if you have a contact at a college or university. So oftentimes I'll have teachers say, hey, Deb, I need someone to speak on genetics. And then I just email a friend of mine, connect them, and it's good to go. So, so it can be helpful to have an insider there. So it's been super fun to think about events, uh, multimodal and varied. I always think, we don't know what is gonna grab a kid, right? It might be film, it might be food, it might be art. Uh, I wanna provide as many different entryways into the club of reading as possible, right? And so sometimes students get way more excited about the event than the book, then I always just think you never know what seeds have been planted and maybe they'll come back to another book or something like that. Uh, activities, uh, activities can get expensive, they gotta be doable. 
The last thing you all need to do is to like do all this extra planning on things in your already busy schedules. And so uh, one thing, one suggestion I have for you is to build on existing programming in your community or in your school. Uh, look at what your local museum, the exhibits that they have. If they already have an exhibit connected to Native American artifacts, that's something that would be an easy fit if you were to choose a book focused on Native American history. Uh, so see what they already have. I think in my first few years, I just tried to reinvent the wheel about everything, and it was, it was way too much work, and it was not that successful. So find out what people are already doing that you can naturally tap into it. Um, uh, and activities, as I said before, I, I want to encourage you to think about what can my students do to create in response to reading the book, and how can we share that with a bigger audience? Maybe it's your school, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's the high school if you're in elementary school, or the opposite. But how can we make this so that students aren't just, we're the only people that get to see it as teachers, how can we broaden that um, larger, larger audience? This is my long list, you guys, of partners that I think, it, I don't care if it's Melanie, if it's your four grades that are doing it, I think all of these are fair game for partners, partnerships with what you're doing in your classrooms. Um, churches, I think, particularly for Christian schools, churches are untapped resource. We don't know who in your church has connections or expertise or whatever. Chamber of Commerce, I haven't had that much success with the Chamber of Commerce, but they are still on my list, so I keep trying every year. So sometimes you just gotta be persistent, guys. Just keep going. Um, art centers are always looking for collaborations, so that's, that's sort of an easy one. Intermediate school districts, I'm all about trying to get funds and resources that are available to area educators. As Christian schools, we gotta get what we can get. <laughs> so sometimes it's just there, you guys, right? And it's just, we just didn't know about it. And so find your people at the ISD and see what sorts of things um, are available to you. Community groups, the Rotary, I mean, that's sort of one, that's also one that's kind of untapped for me, but what are the other sort of groups in your community that you might know about uh, that could somehow come in as a guest speaker or you, that you connect with? But like I said, number one, libraries. Um, they can come in, do book talks about other books written by the, I mean, they're just, at least the ones in Holland are itching to make authentic connections with area schools. Okay, this is the part of my job, you guys, that I did not love learning about, but how are you gonna get these free books, right? How are you gonna pay for some of these activities? Things cost money. And uh, so I have learned to try to be as creative as I can in trying to raise money or find pockets of money for this. And um, community foundations, if you have one in your community, that's a place to start. I've not tapped into ours. Um, like I said, there's some uh, grants. NEA has a grant, Michigan Humanities, your state, NEH sometimes has grants. Uh, there's a GoFundMe, I don't know if you're already using that. I think that's amazing. A number of my friends have gotten their entire libraries outfitted just from GoFundMe. Um, and then there's local sponsors. And banks are an interesting one, but banks, part of their budget is they want to look good in the community. And so it's not like, it's embarrassing to ask them because they have to spend that money anyway. So you just got to go to the bank. It works better, you guys, if you have someone on the inside who can connect. Um, David Heisman, for me, you guys, is West Michigan Community Bank. You do it every year. Uh, but um, something I've learned over the years is that the money is there. We just have to ask for it. And you guys, I mean, come on. What better? Young kids or teenagers in reading. I mean, come on. It's just great. Uh, so you can use that, I think, especially if it's reading month or things like that. But I would say, if you're going to embark on this, if your school cannot provide the copies of the book, um, just to be creative with funding. Um, and sometimes that can take time. 
very practically speaking, if you want to buy books, um, I like to buy directly from the publisher. You can get 50% off of the retail price uh, if you're buying sort of a, a larger quantity. I think the minimum is maybe a 50 copies, anything more than that. Uh, and you can get the, the cost off. Sometimes I use booksellers. There's uh, BookPal, A to Z books. Uh, and sometimes our local bookstores will give me sort of a deal on a certain number of books. Um, but just don't buy from Amazon. Amazon might seem cheap, but you can actually find them a lot cheaper somewhere else. And maybe your school librarians, Don, maybe you know this way more than I do about buying books and where to buy them from. But I mean, this is where the partnership, right? Who is your school librarian or media center person, and how can they help you find these books um, and so that you can purchase them? Okay, a couple more, guys, and then we're going to go around the room. Greg, we're going to start with you. I've given you a, I'm giving you a heads up so you're ready to go. Uh, okay, it is time intensive, guys. I cannot tell a lie. Anything you do like this is going to take more time. Uh, so this is my advice to you. Don't do it alone. Find your favorite people. And, and then you get to spend time together socially and do stuff, right? And so it's, uh, it's a win-win. Uh, a lot of people in my position burn out after the first few years because it, it is a grind. Uh, it, it, the thing is, is that once you put your first couple years into this, you figure out your system and stuff, but that's when most people are exhausted and they don't ever want to do it again. So there are ways to make it sustainable. And that's why I think if you can do it in departments or cohorts or whatever on your, um, in your school team and have the support of your administrators, I think those are, those are really important. Leverage existing resources in your school and community. What is currently going on um, in the high school of your school or elementary school? Um, Holland Christian has four schools. I think that could be a really cool connection if you ever choose a book that is nature-based or focused on the outdoors. I mean, that's just the natural. You already have parents who are excited about kids who are excited about it, um, those sorts of things. And then um, provide discussion support uh, for readers. Uh, questions for discussion. Sometimes in maybe our minds, we think, well, anyone can talk about a book. But it's really intimidating for some uh, um, community members or even parents who are just like, I don't know what to say about this book. And so whatever possible, how do we make it easy? And there's just Here's my next one. Uh, copy what others have done. Don't try to do it on your own. There's so much out there on the internet, you guys. Just copy. I'm all about just finding what other people have done and just imitating that. In fact, my entire uh, program this year, all of our 50 events, I basically got all the ideas from other big reads. Because why? I don't know. We shouldn't waste our time coming up with something original because it's already really cool things um, have been done. So my suggestion would be maybe just start small. Maybe just start with your classroom and another classroom and see where that goes. Um, you can build up some excitement and confidence, copy what others have done. Um, there is a nonprofit organization called One School, One Book, uh, and they, you can buy books from them, and it's sort of like they give you this whole uh, program where they give you discussion questions, and they give you author video links and stuff like that. So if you're like, hey, I just want to have it come to me in a package, that is a possibility. Um, you have to pick from their book list. Um, there's some things that I don't love about it, but it does make it really easy for a school. I know Hamilton in our Holland area is doing that. They're doing that this month with um, this particular organization, One School, One Book. Um, so there are organizations out there that sort of provide this for you. You do have to pay for it. Um, sometimes, I don't know if any of your schools get Title I funding, but if you do, I know Holland Christian gets a little bit of it. Title I funding can be used for One School, One Book program. So that is at least one of this organization's selling points about that. Okay, 
Wow, I just rattled it off for you guys. Uh, questions, ideas, I'd love, I'd really love to go around the room because I think there's synergy in brainstorming together and hearing where each other's thinking is at. What I'd love for you to do is say your name, uh, where, what school you're from, what grade you teach, and then where's your mind at right now? What are you thinking about this? Uh, what's your dream or what's your experience with doing this? Let's just go around the room and hear from each other. Greg, start us off. All right. Um, I'm Greg Shepard. I teach English at Alan Fisher High School. And I've been there for a number of years. Yeah, so, uh, 15. And so, um, my, where my head's at right now is I'm just wondering, I have a little familiarity with Big Read, I've done that before, but how many touch points do you need with students along the way to like really feel like you're part of this community, how do you meet once a week? Like, what was your suggestion? Um, have you tried you know, a certain number that doesn't work, and, and one maybe it's, it's too few, and maybe some meetings are, or number of meetings are too many. You, know? you mean with um, me meeting with teachers who are well, teaching the book? No, so like the, uh, the, the teachers meeting with the kids. Um, is this, are you saying like, you know, the students, um, the teachers, I guess there's a couple of different ways you can do this, right? You can have one for the entire group, or for the whole, for, for the school, and then you can meet outside of school. Um, and you can, you can talk, and we also talk within school. I, most of this is done within the school day. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I was imagining some of the outside. It could be. You but could. We can do events as well. We all come together. Yes. It, it could be that. I mean, you could meet just one time with another group. Um, you know, one time. You could just do one and done. That could be it, right? If it's a longer book, you could meet at different times as you're reading the book. I mean, you could read, you know, you could meet and then have it read the book through a different lens the second time if it's a picture book, right? So we're going to read it through it this way, thinking about this. The next time we meet, we're going to think about that. It's so hard, you guys. You have already tight schedules and curriculum already that you don't have time to get to, right? And so my worry in some of this is like, this is yet another new book for you guys to master, to learn, put curriculum around it, right? And this is why I'm like, just don't come up with your own stuff, borrow it from someone else. And make it as doable in your time frame as possible. So I think you could still have a good effect. I've seen a good effect, just one meeting with a community entity or one event. Like, it's just making reading fun. And part, you're part of something. And I think that's, across all of these models, that's why I want people to feel like you're part of something. Uh, and that can just look at lots of different ways. I think I'm always limited in what our teachers do with their schedules, right? And so um, I have to just support them with whatever they're able to do. So not a great answer to your question other than it just depends on what you're able to do. Yeah. Don. Uh, Don Hope, and I'm a high school librarian at Holland um, I've been there for eight years. Previous to that, I taught middle school social studies and language arts at Westside Christian. Um, so I did middle school for 16 years, and now I've done high school library for eight years. Um, my, I just, I've always thought it would be great to do like a book club on students um, at school, in the library. Um, what I struggle with a little bit is just they seem so busy. And I know there's, mm -hmm. and, and with so many of the other things they have going on, like they have reading requirements for English classes. Yeah. Some of them are their own choice. doing music, but are there kids that maybe 
if we did something like a book club, it would be kind of be their thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that they really actually would have time because they're not involved in some of these other amazing opportunities yeah. that they just haven't found there. But yes, maybe that is a possibility. Sure. Um, I just haven't really ever attempted it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I, I would just bribe students. Like, we have a really cool lunch if you come <laughs> during lunch. So, I mean, seriously, guys, I have no shame. I will bribe all the time. Um, or, like, or be like a movie ticket if you come to three of the book clubs, right? And, and uh, I make no bones about it, you guys. Uh, our programs within Holland with the Big Read, uh, teachers force their students to go to the events. Okay, so they'll say, you have to go to one event. That's part of your final grade. Uh, I'd like to say that all the teenagers in Holland would come just out of their own hearts, but no, they're being forced to come. And I'm like, I don't care. It still gets them there. And aha, sometimes they like it. So there we go, right? Um, so I love that idea. I mean, I think you're right. Kids are busy. Uh, sometimes it's the lure of getting a free book with something else, right? Or, and it's finding community, right? Sometimes that's enough of the draw. Like, these are going to be my people. Um, so I love that thinking. And you do cool stuff already during the month of March with the media center. I see the announcements come home from my kids. Yeah, so that's great. Okay, in the back, Lisa. Lisa, Lindy, I teach recruiting English at Home Kitchen. Um, have questions or ideas? I mean, this is the third year, maybe, that we've gotten books from Lake Shore Bakery. I don't feel like I'm doing it. I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like it's remarkable yet. I think we just got books and read them together and ate lunch together and I think last year in the heart of the sea, we had planned the movie night, like we were going to come back to my classroom at 7, but then COVID shut that down. <laughs> so we just all watched it home and then talked about it at lunch the next day. So I don't, um, students tomorrow are like doing the virtual, um, but I don't, it's never part of their grade, they don't even want to be in it, so it's yeah. not, there's no like peer pressure. It's like, if you want to, let yeah. me know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I just need to, I feel like I'm just giving my tone to the wonderfulness it could be. Well, and I mean, that's okay, right? Start small. I mean, it's better to start small and do it uh, than to, sometimes I'm paralyzed by my big dreams. So I have big dreams and I just uh, never, nothing happens with them, right? So love that, Lisa. Okay, Jamie. Um, I'm Jamie Zanenberg and I teach sixth grade at the middle school. Um, I teach reading and writing and so I have four of my own kids. Um, I love to foster the reading at home, and um, a couple years ago when the whole COVID thing hit and stay-at-home order, um, my kids had heard from Deb's son, Jacob, that they're doing this national book club for kids. And then they went online and met the authors, and it really pushed them to read some different books than they've read in the past. They got to discuss it with different people virtually, and I think that has planted the seed in some of them that just to get outside of their bubble. So I'm excited about some other ideas even outside of my classroom to do the book in the classroom, but just to foster some of those different ideas and different books outside of the classroom books that we normally wouldn't pick up. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. No Jamie's kids were adorable on the Zoom calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in the back. Uh, my name is Chloe. I teach fifth grade literacy at Dutton Christian and I'm just leaning ideas. All right. Remember, I want you all to leave with something that you could actually, like, perhaps implement or do small, 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 or bigger. I don't know. So let us know if we can help you in that regard. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, my name is Carrie Nitz. I teach sixth grade literacy at a Christian school. Um, I am in the middle of trying to connect with another sixth grade first year teacher at Potter's House, Ooh. which is kind of a diverse yeah. uh, compared to our school. 
how would you say Katarina book you view your world differently and what each school took away because they come from very different parts of life? Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with it. It's awesome. It just was a little spark that maybe we could both read the giver. Yeah. And then we could both celebrate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really want this to be conversation. I mean, if anyone has an idea, like, oh, you should try this, like, throw it out right now. A book one read is, but I just thought after saying it, like, well, if we are in the same book, maybe we would all take something different. Yeah, sure. And I think technology makes it so easy, right, to yeah, be able to share responses with each sure. other on a Google Doc or, you know, so we don't have to be confined by geographical space. Um, you know, so there's things like that. We did the giver when we did Station Eleven and Blackout. So the giver was our middle grade book. And so, make sure you give me your email, and I'll see if there's any of things in my files that might connect with what you're thinking about doing. Awesome, Michaela. Any ideas? Yes. Um, I teach fifth grade at Westside Christian, and I'm definitely thinking it would be cool for a K-eight school or K-eight to do a picture book with our school. Mm. Um, and we already like meet in mixed grade level groups in the elementary, so I think that that could be a cool like tie in um, to spend some of our time doing reading the same and doing activities around the same book. Um, That's awesome. And there's some fun ways, right? You can do it doing the older kids them doing read-alouds to the younger kids or, you know, some things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a grandparent of, uh, of a student at Zealand Christian who Maybe she, anyway, she buys a book for each teacher at Zealand Christian because she just wants to. She's the grandparent. She's like, I, I just want all the teachers to have a copy of the picture book. So tap into the grandparents, guys. <laughs> they might just be like, I love literature and I want your school to succeed in this. And so, I mean, I don't think every student needs a copy of the book. That would be amazing. But at least if you can give every teacher one or, or something like that. Um, that's, and a really cool idea that our libraries have been doing is they actually cut up the book and they make a story walk at a local park. And so they laminate each page of the book and then they put it on sticks and it, you walk through the park and you read each page. And then on each page there's questions and you can act it out or you can, you know, something so it gets the kids active. But it's, really, it's called story walk. There's a couple in Holland uh, during our big read. But that could be something really fun, even for a class to create and then the school to experience it, even on the playground or, you know, something like that. So, story walk, fun, fun thing. Melanie. Uh, Melanie Spat. Um, I teach second grade with Tom Christian, and we've been involved in the Little Reach for two years, which I love. The first time that I was involved in the planning of it, they were to, the other teachers were all high school teachers and middle school teachers, and I was the only elementary teacher, and it felt very out of my element. And they're talking about this big exhibition that we were going to do with student learning, and then I don't know how to do this. And it was the coolest thing when we actually had a project, and walking in and seeing all these other community people looking at all, all the projects, and looking at what other kids did, it was, it was great. Mm -hmm. This year, our school is not participating in the Little Read, but we did get um, from Kelvin's and their faith and writing thing. They um, gave books, uh, hardcover books. We got four copies of Bonnie Alexander's The Undefeated. And so we're going to do that as our all school thing for February. This whole faith and writing is a great thing to tap into. And Heather, Chicago, Trinity does, or at least in the past, they did like a writer's festival. Um, so that's, you know, figure out what, what, you, what your areas are doing. So, yeah, Heather. Um, I'm a 
Um, I'm Heather Alpina. I was, up to this year, was the um, elementary library at Southwest Chicago Christian School at Oakland campus and the high school librarian. I've since moved just to the high school. I also teach uh, AP literature and now I'm the curriculum coordinator for some bizarre reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot. So I'm looking at this and my head is exploding and I'm like, I have zero time for this. Um, I like the idea of, of starting small. Yeah. Um, we tried to do, during COVID, um, we wanted to do a community book discussion. We have a high school and two elementary campuses. Um, and we wanted to do Be the Bridge by Natasha Morrison. Um, we tried to do it on Slack. Um, it was a dismal failure. Uh, it was not a good format. Um, Teachers do not know how to use Slack because they're not in the business world and sure. they don't do that. Um, I started using it at the book club, mm -hmm. the National Book Club. Um, it just wasn't a good format. And I talked to parents and like board members, they're like, we just wanted to sit in the room and like talk about this. Like we didn't want a discussion board, we just wanted to get together and that wasn't possible. So as we're looking at another community read that's been really essential is that we're going to be able to sit in a room sure. and talk to each other. Um, yeah, last year, um, just as a librarian, I did The Undefeated, and I went to every single classroom, and we did different activities. I mean, obviously, what you did with the kindergartner was different, and the fifth graders and the sixth were doing research PowerPoints and, you know, putting them up in the halls and all the different people in there. But So lots of different discussions, but that one is such a good one for mm -hmm. all sorts of grades because you can pull yeah. tons of different discussions yeah. around that one. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Thank you. And you know what? I think it's great to fail because you learn, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I have done with this narrative that teachers have to be successful all the time. <laughs> because, because, I mean, we, we need to model it for our pre-service teachers better so that they're willing to take risks and be innovative in the classroom. And I am just done with this thing that we can't make mistakes or can't learn from what we've done. I mean, th your next book club is going to be that much better yeah. because you learn from it. And so it's never lost. And so, done. We're done with that narrative, people. Right, yeah. Um, I'm Catherine Lohman, and I teach English at Lansing Christian in Lansing, Michigan. Um, we're just, like, whispering the whole time over here because there's so many ideas. <laughs> um, but I think one natural place that feels like it's a good place to start is um, we do have a very informal student staff book club currently. Oh, cool. Um, reading the book Psych by Neil Schusterman. Oh. It's really good. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we have pretty good attendance at the first one, which is exciting. <laughs> Uh, we also have a really active multicultural club at our school, and so we wondered about just like doing a March reading month, one book that the multicultural club also could kind of join in yeah. the efforts Ooh, to create interesting things. Yeah, to create community events. Yeah. Um, and then the story walk was kind of some inspiration too. Of maybe we just built some trails on our campus, so maybe doing like a story walk with the elementary. Or, but again high in the sky, like, <laughs> gotta maybe choose one thing, <laughs> but, yeah, that's cool, thanks for those ideas, yeah. I'm Jackie Chadwick, also teach at Lansing Christian, um, AP Lit and American Literature in high school, and all of, all of those ideas, <laughs> what she said, um, I think it could be really cool to have, whether it's an English class or the book club, even create that story walk, maybe make some mm -hmm. of those discussion questions, and maybe lead some of those conversations if, COVID cohorting allows, yeah. um, you know, outdoors or something. I think it would be 
a neat step to just, again, that multi-generational collaboration. Yeah. Be really neat. That is cool. Great idea. Yeah, in the back. Uh, first in room, I teach sixth grade at Red Oak And I guess my mind immediately goes to those, my own children who push back against reading, but then also those who in the classroom um, it's a challenge for them and how do we get them involved and excited. And maybe even using like a middle school book for some and bringing in the picture more than five minutes. It's a that choice. So yeah. Something that might be. Yeah. No, I think that, I mean, the big thing for me is always, we want all of our readers to feel part of the club, not just our proficient readers, right? And so if it's going to be the food event that's connected to the book and that's all they get, I don't care. They're going to build a little bit of confidence, right? And I love bringing that point up because I think it's so important. And how do we even, I mean, you can come up with a text set, right? So there's different entry points around this topic. You could pick a topic and then pick different books or genres or mediums, right, that get in. So thanks so much for bringing that up. I think that's so important. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Um, Jackie Norwear, I teach sixth grade alongside Kristen at Renovation Middle School, and it's just fun and brainstorming to hear all the ideas. Mm. The story walk, I have circle right here, connecting with our art teacher. We do an I Explore Week in April, and this would be a really yeah. great way to start launching some of those things. Yeah. And middle schoolers love food, let's face it. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I love food. I mean, I'll come with this free pizza. So, yeah, so it's been very helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Shannon Hahn. I teach kindergarten at East Martin Christian, which is a very small rural school in Martin, Michigan. Uh, but I've taught in the public school, and I just moved back from Chicago. I taught at Calvin Christian in South Holland. Oh, wow. Um, so I guess I just kind of wanted to check it out, but also thinking, like, we have middle school buddies right now, so maybe we could start with just yeah. reading a book with them all together. Um, but then my daughter goes to Dutton Christian, and I taught her last year. She was with me, so part of me is like missing her a little bit. So I'm like, how could I connect my kindergartners maybe with her first grade class? Oh yeah, and get the two schools connected a little bit. So I don't know, maybe that's a little bit of a selfish reason to see my daughter, but <laughs> I'm like, maybe it'd be a great way to just make a connection, but. I guess I think it's a little hard because I only have eight students where most mm-hmm. schools have like, you know, 20 to 25, yeah. which is what I'm used to teaching, but yeah. how to figure out that dynamic with a smaller class. But a flip could be, think of what you could all do with eight students. I mean, sure. Right? Like, that is awesome that bigger classrooms can't do. So, right. yeah. Right. But I love that idea of connecting different schools. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm Rachel Westra, and I teach um, high school English at South Christian okay. um, in Grand Rapids. Um, and a couple of things, but I do a, a book club in my world lit class, and when um, we were, they have, as they were choosing novels, I asked the social studies department what books they would like, and I, I would, because all sophomores take world lit and all sophomores take world history, I think it'd be interesting mm. to have one grade. And then in connection to what Don said, like, um, concerned about like having time to read like I know in my own life like I'm an English teacher of course I love books but it's hard for me to read but when I have a book club deadline I get the book done even if it's something that I'm not usually into so sometimes it's like putting it there like it's the pattern like here's the due date oh yeah I'm going to find ways to do it so I think sometimes we think I can't because of you know but then um like if it's there like if you look at they will come or whatever (laughs) 
if I get a free book from someone, I'm like, oh, I should read it because I got it for free. I'm not saying you guys have to read the books I gave you, but so sometimes it's that accountability too, right? Yeah. By giving someone a book, maybe they're more apt to read it because they got it as a gift or as a free, you know, something. But the accountability embedded in with book clubs totally works for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Ellie Nusma. I teach high school English and theater at Holland Christian. And I was mostly just curious because I haven't really like embarrassed. I haven't really participated in the degree. Oh, no, no, no. Um, but I've read a lot of the books post hearing about them with the big read, and so your advertising is working because I'm finding the books. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, just curious on how to get more involved in... I've always wanted to do more theater somehow, right? Like, yeah, if I can I coordinate with a play or something like that, that would be super cool. If you know what plays your school's doing, if that could tie in or something like and that. We do our fall musicals in November, so maybe we should talk. I know, totally, yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming. That's awesome. And I, you guys, I will have random people in my community. I'll be in Aldi or I'll be walking my dog, and they'll, like, talk to me about a big read book from, like, three years ago. Like, they'll say, I finally read it. And if, I get called the book lady, which I don't really like. But anyway, it is. I just Okay, yeah. Hi, Maddie Reed. I'm a bit of an imposter because no. Spanish teacher. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a Spanish copy of Kill Mockingbird. I will give yes. it to you. Thank you. But we do read because it's important to read in Spanish. Um, and I've just been gleaning some ideas. I think there's some novels we do a really great job of incorporating all the senses. Like, I would read Just in the Kitchen with Spanish too, which was really scary. But we made empanadas because it's like the national dish of Chile, which is like what we're learning about in this novel we're, we're reading. And so just the encouragement to touch on more music, more culture. I think it's on my upper levels. Yeah. We focused less on that. And I'm just thinking about some of my Spanish board classes where I can incorporate more food, more yeah. music, more... And I gotta start sending you some of my Spanish uh, picture books. Like they're just written in Spanish, right? Because it's younger, too, when you get high school and very younger. That's awesome. Okay, we've got one minute left. Mayor, you gotta go. Hello. I'm Mayor Espinel. I teach art at Holland Christian. And kind of like Ellie, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I love it. I've done nothing with it. I'm very guilty of this, but I'm like, there's, I mean, we should be making art. Oh, I think that would, and I also sort of forgot about collaboration, and I love collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 you guys don't have time in your day to think like this. Honestly, no. this is why you guys need more vacation. I have to okay. Um, thank you, all Marco Marcia. Go, 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 go. I think the best way to have a discussion is around a book. And you know, if it's about the book or not, books raise the level of discussion, period. The more we do it, the better. And the more you do what you're doing and you do all of this, the better. The better for our world. I feel like we just had a pep talk, guys. All right? Thank you so much for coming. If you want to stay in touch or want to, I can share images of story walks if that would be helpful to you. Just come on up and give me your email.